So, so you mentioned a, a side hustle. What what was that side hustle that eventually became more than just a side hustle? You bet. So when we moved back home, you know, like I said, we retired. My mom passed away. We moved back home. We did, you know, what probably was the craziest thing. You know, I remember my father telling me, "Don't do it, Jay. Don't don't do it." We ended up <laughs> buying this four thousand square foot. Uh, dilapidated building uh, on the inside it was it was terrible it was arguably uninhabitable um, wow. there were people that had been living in it but the owners finally got everybody out and just said just sell it uh, I like to say it was just shy of a crack house because it wasn't a crack house but it, it, it could have <laughs> you know could have uh, you know fit the bill for that uh, wow. by any stretch yeah. but yeah we bought that and we did a full gut renovation and i say we we got on on board with an awesome contractor i kind of used some skills and some ideas to be able to get in connection with a good contractor that we could trust because some of the construction was going on while we were still in tennessee hadn't actually left you know the military uh, got the mass of it finished before we actually got out of the service and got over here to you know arkansas and then we just had to work to get it completed and that building, you know, it was a fourplex. We were turning it into a threeplex, turning two apartments upstairs into one apartment that we would live in. And then we were going to be renting the downstairs apartments. So that okay. drove me to learning what can I do for these two apartments? How can I optimize this? And so that's that's when I really got into entre the entrepreneurship side of it because I looked at it like I need to treat this as a business and not a hobby. If I treat it as mm -hmm. a business we can, you know, we can scale it and we can optimize it. And that's exactly what we did. That's, that's really cool. You know, right now, kind of during this phase, it makes me, uh, you know, think of something that's a very popular topic. And this is just an entrepreneurship in general. And I'm sure 100% certain it's going to, uh, you know, be important to uh, the, your fellow MBFR uh, business owner, owners listening to this podcast. And that is the question of capital. Uh, without, you know, without trying to get too personal, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're doing this on the side kind of, okay, we, we, we've got our crack house. Just kidding. Uh, you know, we've got this yeah. building that we're going to make better. It's a, it's a hobby. And now all of a sudden we're going to, you know, turn it into a business that requires capital. Like any business requires capital infusion in order to grow in, to start and then grow a business. So if you don't mind us asking, you know, how, um, again, you don't have to speak, mm -hmm. get too detailed, but just generally speaking, do you mind sharing with the audience, like how you capitalize that? Are you, you know, was it just self? Was it third parties? Was it people? Was it, you know, uh, SBA? Like what, what did you go through to figure out how are we going to actually grow this business and infuse capital? Yep. You bet. And I mean, and we're still going through that because there's many iterations of it, but back then, um, with this building and, and I should mention this fourplex, when we cleared the garbage off the front of it, we got to really actually see the beauty in the building and the, the structure itself was gorgeous. The history behind it was neat. Um, and it, cool. it has yeah. a label on the very top of it called Potter Block. And that's where we got the name for our business of PotterBlock.com. Oh, cool. Um, oh, very Potter Block Properties. But this, as far as, you know, to your point, Todd, about the capital, we learned along the way incredibly uh, fast. And what we did we got out of the service. We weren't really in debt. We had a little bit of money. We had we had stuff that we sold in Tennessee right before we were getting out. We had a massive yard sale. I mean, I was selling everything, four-wheelers, uh, tractors, because I was moving to the big city of Cotter. You know, I mean, there's a population here of <laughs> 650 people, wow. something like that. So, I mean, but I, yeah. but I was moving to the big city and leaving an area. So I was selling everything that I didn't need. 
And so when we bought that building, we paid cash for the building, and then we bankrolled everything ourselves until we got to about uh, paint, needing paint on the walls. The drywall was finished. Uh, we didn't owe anybody any money, but we didn't have any money left, and so we were a long way from the finish line. Mm-hmm. And Typical it was for a lot of businesses, by the way, they get in the middle of it and realize, hey, we need more capital. That's right. And that was when I learned a huge, important um, thing about capital and going to the banks. That is not the time to go to the bank when you're halfway or not even half. I don't even call it 50 percent done. But when you're part of the way done with your project and I went to a bank, I went to a couple of them, local banks, and the majority of them were just like, you know, hey, sounds good. Once you get it finished, let us know. We'll you know, we'll refinance it with you. And I was just like, I don't have the money to finish it. You know, I can't, this is going to take me forever. The rest of my mm-hmm. lifetime. I figured this mm-hmm. would, I figured you'd be happy with me coming to this, coming to the table with this building that I've, you know, started to rebuild and, and everything is paid for, but that isn't the how, that isn't how you do it. Luckily I found an awesome bank. It's first security bank local here to Arkansas yeah. only and, um, worked with them. They saw, they saw the potential, and I still work with this commercial banker, good friend of mine. We've had him over for dinner and everything. Uh, he saw the potential where other people didn't. Other people thought, you know, hey, you're crazy, and this will just fall apart eventually. Um, he gave me the business loan. The, the bank, you know, went out on a limb, gave us the business loan, and we finished that. We finished that property strong with the, you know, I put together the, you know, budget to complete, and we stuck with it. We never went over budget for that, you know, that loan that we took. Uh, but that was when we really started to scale. And so then, you know, more capital was going to be needed because we went from having those two apartments downstairs within two years, we had a portfolio over a million dollars. Um, and oh, wow. so we scaled really fast. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. So, so just to recap on you looking for capital. So you, you learned a lesson along the way that, you know, going or getting into something midway through through mm-hmm. your project through your dream is not the best time to look for capital. Right. It's probably earlier on. Which would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you go, I mean, way before. Because since then, I've actually started to work with the SBA on other businesses that we're starting to get you know going. That we have other plans, and so there's a lot better ways to do it than starting to you know bankroll everything and then go to ask for money. You need to ask for money first. And the local lenders are great. They're great to work with. Right now, obviously, there's some challenges that are out there that you're going to have to deal with, but there's not, not saying that it's impossible. Nothing is ever impossible. You've just got to have a good plan put together and then a lender that's, that's willing to work with you. So obviously, you've got to have a decent track record, decent you know, credit, something that you can show them. But right. really, what you learn about and what I learned was these local lenders, they're not, they're not investing in your project. They're investing in you. They're investing in you as a person mm. because they believe in you. That, that's a great point, and I'm going to chime in here because I am, uh, you know, over the last 30 years, the majority of that time has been in the what's called the payments and acquiring space. Uh, but in mixed in there, I'm a former commercial banker as well, and I will tell you what you pulled off is actually uh, I tip my hat to you because you, you pulled it off, and that's not an easy feat. And let me just kind of expound upon that just a little bit, uh, not to go in the weeds, but you know, lenders. Uh, especially your national, you have your nationals, you have your regionals, and you have your community banks and or credit unions, right? And the nationals, you go to them with a scenario like that, and all you are is an account number. I'm sorry, it's mm-hmm. just, that's just the way it is. They, they have their systems in place. doesn't matter. Regionals, almost pretty much the same. Your community-based lenders, and I 
that's who I used to work for in my banking days. Uh, well, actually, I work for large ones, and I work for small community banks as well, too. And you do have to find somebody that they do, they look at you. So if you had walked into to my bank office when I was back, you know, in banking back in, last time was 08 and 09, and I would have said, wait, you're in the middle of this? Well, how, how do I know that there's not lien holders? How do I know you haven't yep. paid all the contractors? There's a, there's a whole lot of reasons to say no on that. So the fact that you got them to to uh, approve you and to buy into you as a person, which I'm sure that was easy, but then <clears> buying into uh, leaning, uh, being a lien holder and, and funding that is amazing. So the lesson in that that I could share objectively is, you know, from my, with my banker hat on is don't give up, have, yep. uh, you have to sell yourself, you have to have a really good plan, you have to be really consistent because what you found is not the norm, it's the exception, but you can do it if you, you know, if you persist at it. So that's a tough feat. So my my congratulations to you. And it's a mm-hmm. fantastic story because I for that one story that you just told me, I can literally tell you 800 that, that go the other way. You sure. know, a thousand easy that go the other oh, way. Yeah. So so anyway, just that's great information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can definitely attest. I know that, you know, obviously, to your point about the liens and, and stuff, of course, we had to, you know, I had to come up with letters from anyone who had touched the building, any contractor saying, hey, we're paid in full, he owes nothing uh, up to this point, you know. Um, and, and of course, we, we took took all that in strides. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, I got no's first. I mean, I, that wasn't the first bank I went to. There was other places that I had already you know, hit up and they were just like, you know, sounds good, but no. And, I would have been really impressed if you got it on, on shot number one. I would have even been more <laughs> impressed. <laughs> yeah. 